Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. Today, we have Juan Garcon. Um, we've had Juan on the podcast before. Um, Juan's not uh, an unfamiliar face around the startup scene, so most of you already know who Juan is. Juan's moved over. He's at Innovate Charlotte these days, still, of course, running Pitch Breakfast, which we all hope will go back to being in person sooner rather than later. So today was a, a sit-down opportunity to talk to Juan about you know Innovate Charlotte, his transition over to it, um, what it's up to today, where he sees it going in the future, how it's impacting and going to help continue to impact the Charlotte ecosystem and the startup community, and just a continuation of some back and forth of of what's going on here in Charlotte, um, and uh, I don't know, I guess to a certain extent where he and I see it going, with most of it being driven by Juan's input. So great story, great message for today. Again, just kind of a drop in, bring everybody up to speed on what Juan's doing, um, how we can all continue to help and support Innovate Charlotte over the course of the next couple of years. So hope you enjoy another uh, edition of the Charlotte Angel Connection. All right, Juan, welcome back to the podcast, man. It's, um, it's good to see your smiley face on the other side of the screen here today. Yeah, it's good to be back, William. So um, anyways, we've uh, we've done a podcast together a couple of different times and you're fairly well known out there in the community as well. So we're going to skip the 60 second Juan commercial and we're going to jump straight into what you're up to these days. So you've recently made a pivot over and you're the executive director at Innovate Charlotte, right? That's right. And I still have people here who've asked, um, wait, haven't you been there for uh, for a little while now? So uh, just to, to quickly clarify, I was before at Charlotte Inno, and now I'm at Innovate Charlotte. Uh, the, the Twitter handles of both organizations are literally the same, just reversed, InnoCLT and CLT Inno. And I tell people that I did that change just to confuse them. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on the move. That's awesome. Thanks. Thank you. So, uh, so you know, Innovate Charlotte has been around for a number of years. It's seen a couple of different folks that um, – that we've known well sitting kind of at the helm of it, right? It's gone through Walt and um, Keith spent a little bit of time there as well. And, and now it's in your stewardship. So let's dive into Innovate Charlotte and talk about what it's up to now and where it's heading over the course of the next couple of years and programs, initiatives and everything else. So just um, give us a quick little, uh, a quick little blurb on, on where Innovate Charlotte stands today. Yeah, absolutely. And just uh, to, to also, Kind of clarify anybody who has uh, knows Keith Ludeman. He's um, still involved in Innovate Charlotte. He is now the board chair okay. uh, for Innovate Charlotte. So it's good to have a little bit of that continuity there uh, as I've been diving in here to the work of the organization, uh, having him there. Uh, so Innovate Charlotte, you know, has a, a mission to support the entrepreneurial ecosystem in the in the greater Charlotte area, and has primarily been doing that for the past couple years through the Venture Mentoring Service, the VMS program, which ties entrepreneurs um, and pairs them up with a team of mentors. These are volunteers in the ecosystem, uh, you know, retired executives, former entrepreneurs, and, and other leaders who volunteer their time to mentor these entrepreneurs and help them scale their business up. 
And um, that's the main program that uh, the organization has been running and uh, will continue to run. We've been working on finding ways to improve the program, uh, ensure that we've got um, you know, the right entrepreneurs coming in, we're recruiting the right mentors, and really just trying to morph that program into something that uh, is, is highly impactful. Um, but that's not the only thing that entrepreneurs need, need help with. And so right now we're uh, looking at both growing that program, but also uh, launching some other programs uh, this year. So let's pause there for a second, if you don't mind. Sure. And just talk about, <clears throat> it's a really good point. And <clears throat> you mentioned um, the VMS program being the main program, and it's a key program for the city. It's a key program for entrepreneurial um, uh, growth here in Charlotte. And you you mentioned finding the right mentors and the right entrepreneurs. What's that process like, right? How do you... How do you clean, I don't want to say clean it up because that infers that it wasn't a good program before. How do you improve upon it um, as far as identifying the, um, the good mentors for startups and then good companies to mentor as well? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, a big part of that um, is really understanding all of the different elements of the program as it is currently, right? So how are we recruiting mentors? How are we recruiting founders? What's the the uh, application process and the approval process and all of that. And then just looking for gaps, looking at for, you know, where we're not, um, where we could be doing better to uh, ensure that we've got the right type of company and the right type of mentor and that everybody goes into it uh, fully aware of what the program's expectations are and, and, and all of that. Um, I think a big, you know, a big thing, and, and really this goes with lots of different projects that I've worked on before. It's always just talking to the people who are currently in the program now. And, and so for the past couple of months, I've had calls with um, mo pretty much most of the mentors in the program or most of the companies in the program and, and a lot of the mentors in the program now to say, what's working? Uh, what's, you know, what's working well uh, with your mentorship team, with your experience in, the, in Innovate Charlotte? What uh, could be improved? What could be done better? What could have given you even more of a leg up or, or been more supportive? Uh, and not just with mentorship, but really anything else that uh, as a community, as an organization, we could be doing to support your journey as an entrepreneur. And then you take that information and you either uh, partner with other organizations uh, to, to find ways to fill those gaps, or you, you roll out some new programming, which is what we're doing, or with VMS specifically, you find ways to improve that 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 program. So one new thing, for example, that we are asking our companies to do is to um, get more involved in the ecosystem. So if you sign up for Innovate Charlotte to get mentored, you're also going to sign a commitment that says, "Hey, I'm going to attend, you know, uh, a a community event. I'm going to expand my network. I'm going to engage in some professional development." Um, because these are all things that we know that are valuable and that founders who do this while they're in the program end up having a better experience and, and, and learn, take a lot more away from it. So we want to ensure that all founders have that same opportunity. Makes a lot of sense. Um, let's talk for a second. Let's keep going on. What new, what other initiatives are coming out of Innovate Charlotte over the course of the next couple, um, next couple weeks, months, quarters um, that y'all are working on? Yeah, so w one of the things that I hear from entrepreneurs, both in the program and out, and and I'd say is especially true 
this past year, because this past year has been anything but but ordinary. Um, and that is that there are a lot of different programs and resources in Charlotte that people don't always know about. Uh, and um, you know, when you when you have a normal year and we're at live events, and um, you know, somebody says, uh, "Hey, I'm new to town. You know, where should I go? Who should I talk to?" And people say, "Oh, yeah, come by Packard Place. You know, let's go out to a pitch breakfast event, and uh, or you know, come by a, a demo day for one of the accelerators." People show up there, and you meet other people, and you learn. Oh, I didn't know that SBTDC has a presence here, and CPCC Small Business Center has workshops on, you know, marketing, and um, you know, you know, all of these different events and um, uh, available sort of resources. Sometimes people learn about it organically, um, but this is this is not always the case. And even before, uh, back in the Start Charlotte days, um, you know, we used to run these uh, events called Intro to the Startup Community, which is literally just a, a networking event where anybody can come to um, and uh, learn about all of the resources, or I say all of, but well, as many of the resources as possible as we could squeeze into a a one-hour session, and uh, we'll we'll you know talk to you about the different co-working spaces in town, and the accelerator programs in town, and the incubators and um, uh, grant programs, and every single time we we held that, we did that about once a quarter um, uh, before, and um, we always had people in the room who said, "I've you know I'm new to Charlotte. I I just came from some other city, and it took me years." to really get a full understanding of the ecosystem. And here I just did it in, in one hour. Like I totally, you know, have a much better feel of where I can go plug in in Charlotte. Without live events, you know, people don't have that same way of connecting to resources and knowing what's available or who to talk to or who to follow on social media. So um, that's one thing we're bringing back uh, is a it's, a, it's an initiative called the, the Navigator uh, program with Innovate Charlotte. And it's going to consist of a couple different pieces. Uh, one is we're going to bring back the intro to the Charlotte, uh, the startup community uh, event. Um, depending on when this goes live, it might actually be um, um, right when this goes live. It's uh, March 11th is the uh, the next one. Um, and uh, you know we'll have more. So you go to Innovate Charlotte website, you go on Eventbrite, and you just look up intro to the startup community to attend one of these events. Uh, get your questions answered, find out, you know, where you need to go to get funding or to get education or information on uh, on starting your business. The second piece of that is a, an updated directory of resources um, that uh, is essentially there to help anybody who um, joins the Innovate Charlotte mailing list. And uh, you'll get sort of this updated directory of all of those resources that you can uh, look up on your own and learn more about. And uh, the final piece is uh, something that we have had several volunteers already step forward for and we're really excited about, and, and that is having these navigator meetings. These are structured um, meetings where anybody can go to the Innovate Charlotte website, say, I'd like to schedule a navigator meeting. You spend 30 minutes talking about your business, right? Here's what I'm working on. Here's um, where my the gaps are. Here's what I need. And uh, the navigator, who's the, the person you're meeting with, can take that and direct you to which resources are the best fit for you. And um, this is essentially what I have, and, and William, I, I'm sure you have as well, 
kind of been doing organically, right? Somebody listens to your podcast and says, hey, William, do you mind if I buy you coffee? Do you mind if I pick your brain? Uh, I've certainly had lots of those types of, uh, uh, of those meetings. And what we're doing is we're formalizing that into an actual process that, you know, people who are new to Charlotte or new to their business can uh, get plugged in and get connected to the resources that they need right away. How, um, so the navigator meetings, I, I love the concept, right? It's a, it makes a lot of sense. Um, how, is that essentially, am I picking up on it right? Is it kind of like a one-on-one -on -one mentorship for getting plugged in? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one-on-one -on -one advising and it's specific to the resources that are available in town, okay. right? So if you were to come in and you say, look, I've got this company and it's in, uh, you know, fintech and, um, we just moved in from Cincinnati and, uh, we're trying to figure out how to get plugged in. Right. And we, we need to find, um, I don't know, we, we're looking for connections to some of the local financial institutions. Um, then the navigator can sit, you know, sort of look at their business, look at their needs and say, oh, you really should be checking out the QC FinTech Accelerator or what, you know, PayCLT is doing or this event by um, uh, the, the the FinTech Hub or something like that. So it's, it's, uh, it's really about learning what the community has to offer and, um, and, and getting connected. Because uh, one of the things that we're, we're doing with this program is if, if, you know, you need to get connected to Dan over at Packer Place, QC FinTech, or if you need to be connected to uh, someone else at, at another organization um, is that we would make that introduction. And um, that's something that, um, you know, a lot of people step up and do that organically, but there's not a whole lot of structure to it. And uh, we're just adding a little structure and making that available to, to everybody. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. So over the course, you know, one of the cool, I shouldn't say cool things. Um, one of the interesting things has happened over the course of the last 12 months with the pandemic is more entrepreneurs are moving to Charlotte. Um, you know, we've had a number of folks and even before that, right, we were starting to attract some companies, founders to move their business here. Um, you know, we did a podcast recently with Bianca. Um, she was talking about, you know, them moving up from Florida, um, to start their business here. And we've got a couple other entrepreneurs that moved here from San Francisco or New York or other places over the course of the last couple of years. So a lot of the efforts that you and Dan have been working on since you know, the very beginning, right? 2009, 2010, 2011, um, are starting to take hold and the community starting to attract others into it how does how does innovate charlotte grow as the startup community continues to uh, kind of almost um organically grow uh, kind of at an exponential pace right i mean it, i feel like the movement's starting to pick up and i'm curious how innovate charlotte how does the ecosystem kind of how does the ecosystem hold on and at the same point in time how does the ecosystem just let go yeah, I think there's you know two two ways to look at the growth of an ecosystem, and and, and I realize that when we use the term ecosystem, right? So those of us who have been in this space for a little bit, you know, we, we know what we're talking about. But uh, if this is the first time that you've uh, you know heard that term ecosystem, we're we're talking about all of the programs and resources that support entrepreneurship, um, and these are networking events and mem you know member associations and incubators and co-working spaces. These are all part of that that ecosystem. And um, you know, there's a there's a top-down uh, sort of approach and, and a bottom-up approach. And that the top-down approach is 
can we make this city a destination for other entrepreneurs, people who want to, you know, they're, they're growing their business and they want to move uh, to a place where there's, uh, you know, better quality of life and um, more affordable uh, cost of living and, and all of that. And that's where I think programs like Queen City FinTech is is fantastic, right? Because it's making Charlotte a destination for FinTech companies that might already be established or might be starting from other parts of the country or the world and bringing them to Charlotte, saying, here's why you should grow your company here. On the bottom up side, we have a lot of um, a lot of talent in Charlotte that um, maybe they they're just because of the pandemic, they maybe they've been laid off or maybe they you know there's a different opportunity and now they're exploring what else can I do and, and they have an idea and they have a, a, a you know maybe they were working at a bank and they saw a problem and they think you know what I think there's a better way to to solve this and they decide to start a business um, and so that that bottom up one is sort of growing the or homegrown entrepreneurs, right? How do we make sure that we're encouraging that more charlatans to um, start businesses and feel supported and learn from them? I, I think, you know, to me, starting a business is um, is is a great experience for anybody because you you learn so much from it that even if you don't start another one, right? Even if you start a business and then go work for a company, you're a better employee, in my opinion because you now know how to look holistically at the business from the perspective of an owner, uh, you know, of understanding your product, understanding your, your customer. And um, I, I think people who've gone through the entrepreneurial experience do that. All that to say, it's very important that you also grow your own entrepreneurs and not just import your entrepreneurs, if, if I could simplify it. Um, so there's some initiatives here that are good at attracting entrepreneurs that uh, from other parts of the community and there are some programs that have to continue to grow those entrepreneurs and innovate charlotte uh it, you know really supports any entrepreneur that's here but we're, we're trying to do more for the ones that uh that are homegrown um and uh, we're also going to have programs especially in the future that will make this more of a destination uh to attract other entrepreneurs but i, I think both sides are needed and even as the city continues to to grow and attract entrepreneurs, you have to have that ecosystem there for them. Otherwise, they won't stay. You mentioned their programs in the future to uh, to help attract those entrepreneurs. I'm I'm assuming we're not ready to share those um, um, out with the community yet, or they just things that you know that kind of in the back of your mind that you know need to kind of come about. Um, um, but we're not going on public airways with them just yet. Is that right, Juan? Uh, not just yet. Yeah. So we're, we're, you know, rolling things out little by little. We're starting with this navigator program. We have an educational uh, cohort based program that we're going to be rolling out in a couple months. And, um, you know, I've got ideas of what we can do later on down the road and how we could partner with other organizations. Um, but it's something that we have to, you know, roll out step by step and uh, make sure that we have the a sustainable model for it. Right. Uh, we're a nonprofit organization. We rely on organizations uh, on 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 funding uh, from uh, you know corporations and government entities that uh, believe in the mission. And so um, you know I have to ensure that we've got funding before we uh, overpromise what yeah. we can do. Fair enough. So a couple of good points there. Uh, how do people stay in touch with what's going on at Innovate Charlotte? Right. If we're specifically knowledgeable or just want to stay knowledgeable on what's going on with Innovate Charlotte. Where do we go to find that out? 
So if you go to Innovate Charlotte's website, which is inclt.org, uh, you sign up for the newsletter. That's probably the best way that you can stay plugged in. Uh, every month, we're going to be um, you know, updating the community on what we're working on, on some of the companies, some of the mentors, some of the partners that we have uh, that we're working on uh, that you should know about. And uh, that'll be coming out you know, once a month. Uh, we also have social media, which we're uh, trying now, trying to, to to ramp up the uh, uh, our our communications on that. But um, the the email, the newsletter is is kind of the best way. And of course, you could always uh, shoot me an email directly, uh, and it's just Juan J U A N at inclt dot org. I'm always happy to uh, answer any questions. And then you mentioned earlier the funding mechanism, right? So it's a nonprofit organization, and it has been from its founding. Um, which I think, you know, in many regards is, is probably the right thing for it to be. Um, how does, um, how do interested companies uh, help innovate Charlotte over the course of, you know, the next 12 months and beyond? Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm sure you can go back to an earlier podcast and sort of listen to the history of Innovate Charlotte. It started off as a, a public-private partnership, which um, sort of then morphed into a, a standalone nonprofit organization. And um, you know a lot of that support comes from uh, other entities, from other companies, including uh, NC Idea, you know, which has supported uh, Innovate Charlotte before with their ecosystem grant, and most recently with uh, an Engage grant, and uh, the City of Charlotte, which has been a great supporter of the work that we've been doing from the very beginning, and uh, continues to be that today. And um, you know, we've had other companies that have supported over the years. Um, and um, right now I'm hoping to you know, bring a lot of those relationships back uh, and get companies that want to participate in the work that we do by either um, you know, putting on a workshop, uh, providing some mentors, um, helping us with our communication, such as uh, uh, Kepler uh, right now is one of our sponsors for our newsletter, for example. And, um, and and of course, uh, yeah, uh, sponsoring, sponsoring a program, sponsoring event, sponsoring a, a founder, um, and making sure that we can continue to do this work and uh, and engage in in the community. One of the things that I should uh, mention that I think will be of interest, um, probably in a in a few months, we'll 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 publicize it. But you could say you heard it here first. Is uh, we're going to create a a print uh, directory um, for the the resources um, that we have in the community through the Navigator program. Uh, this is something that I've seen in other markets where, you know, it's one thing to have that directory um, available online and a dashboard or a, um, a database that you can you can search. But um, having an actual printed directory that you have and can hand out at uh, conferences uh, and at events and things like that um, is a really good resource for entrepreneurs who, you know, you get overwhelmed by all of the online uh, tools and websites, and you should you got to go to Meetup, you got to go to Eventbrite, you got to you know sign up for this newsletter and that one. But having a book that is just a guide, and it's uh, hey, if you're looking for funding, go to these resources, check out these events. If you're looking for a place to work, check out these co-working spaces and other places. Um, and it's actually it's really valuable. And I was talking recently to um, uh, someone in a similar role in another market. Um, and they had one of these that they started a couple of years ago, and it's been very successful. And um, you know, a lot of a lot of companies and corporations that want to get in front of small business, innovative people, um, you know, they they put their they want to have their logo on that directory. And so it's a, it's an opportunity to get more companies uh, involved and also provide a very valuable resource to the community. You know, it makes sense. Um, 
how you've mentioned it a couple of times so how's working and i i know we'll tread lightly and mostly positive things if not all positive things come out of it <laughs> how's the relationship with the city of charlotte these days and and their ability to support entrepreneurship um continues to be a strong relationship continues to be a strong partner how do they see innovate charlotte helping um over time grow um grow entrepreneurship and you know to a very early initiative over there upper mobility too yeah so the the city of charlotte like any municipality and government entity is um is is always going to have that that struggle of uh, they do a lot and people are always going to want them to do more. Uh, or if they do one thing, people are always going to want them to do something else. And, uh, that's, that's just an unfortunate reality of, uh, being in that, in that situation. So, um, you know, I can certainly say that the city has been supportive of a lot of efforts to grow, uh, entrepreneurship in the community. Um, however, the pandemic has certainly, um, uh, you know, brought about brought about a lot of change in the way that the city and other entities might focus those energies. So, whereas in the early day of the Charlotte Regional Fund for Entrepreneurship, which was what the organization used to be called, you know, it was very very much focused on on high growth, tend to be high tech, um, you know, organizations, and that was because the the high growth companies tended to scale up to the point where they hire lots of people. So the economic impact of supporting a high growth company, you know, is, um, is, uh, is pretty strong. Um, however, what we've seen as a result of the pandemic and people who've, you know, gotten laid off and people who sometimes have to get into entrepreneurship as a, as a way to survive rather than, you know, because they're trying to create this super high scalable company, um, you're going to see a lot more uh, efforts driven towards supporting small businesses. And the city, uh, you know, especially has gotten behind a lot of efforts to to to, to grow and and support um, and maintain uh, main street businesses, you know, sort of traditional small businesses. And, and you'll see this at the federal level too, right? With the latest uh, PPP rounds um, being geared towards solopreneurs, and you know, they, they put a hold on anybody with over 20 employees and really trying to support those micro businesses and and small businesses like that. And uh, the city is no different. So you're going to see a lot of efforts that are going to gear, be geared more towards um, your traditional businesses. And that's going to take a little bit of attention off the high growth businesses. Um, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that's 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 bad or good. It just is. And, and you know, the pandemic has has changed that. Also, the attention on upward mobility uh, has certainly evolved um, at the city level and at the, at the community level. And so there's a lot more efforts to find out what are the best ways to um, to to reach underrepresented founders and um, to um, yeah make sure that we're creating a, a community that is um, that is inclusive and that gives everybody equal access to the resources and and information that they need to be successful. So I think the city is you know doing the best that it can, but it's certainly going to be spread thin trying to do a lot of things for a lot of different entrepreneurs. Um, and so all that to say, you know, our focus tends to be more on high growth entrepreneurs. Uh, and, and the main reason for that is the language and the resources that you need to support a high growth entrepreneur is very different than the language that you use and the resources that you need to grow somebody who's starting a restaurant. It's, it's just very different. 
Um, and so, you know, it'd be nice to say, well, we support all of it, but uh, there's going to be some times where you're going to have to focus a little bit more on one side or the other. Um, and Innovate Charlotte's going to lean more towards the innovative companies, companies that are going to have an impact and, and, and all of that. Yeah, no, it makes a ton of sense. How do we, you know, you bring up a good point in the um, diversity comment and you kind of sit right in it because, you know, you're, you're out there recruiting mentors and we're, we're an old banking town, right? So for lack of a better perspective, we're a bunch of old white males um, running around the city of Charlotte, right? So how do we, um, how do we cultivate a more diverse um, startup community? And I know it's not only Charlotte that struggles in that, right? But how do you, because um, as Innovate Charlotte, from a mentor perspective, right, a lot of that, um, I don't want to say it starts with you, but you're certainly a component of it. So how do we do a better job at it? Yeah, it's it's interesting because as part of this process, the past couple months, um, starting with this role, uh, I've been talking to, as I mentioned earlier, lots of founders, lots of mentors in the program. I've also been talking to community leaders um, in other markets, in other communities, other cities. Um, and, um, you know, we, we look at, at the VMS program that they're running because this is something that's run uh, around the world. And um, they also say the same thing, you know, that uh, they end up with um, having a very homogenous mentorship mentor pool. Um, and, uh, you know, they do tend to be more male, more white, more, um, you know, coming out of specific industries. And um, that's something that um, the programs that I've talked to and, and, and certainly all across the, the country and the world, they're trying to be more uh, intentional about how they recruit. And I'll give you an example with the mentorship program specifically. You know, a lot of these mentors find out about it through other mentors. It makes sense, right? So you ask somebody, hey, would you like to be a mentor in this program? You know, here's what you're gonna get in front of. And that mentor says, wow, this sounds great. I'm gonna reach out to my network and I'm gonna recommend my friend so-and-so and you know this other person that I used to work with. Well, we we tend to go to people like us, right? So the um the mentor tends to, the mentor recruiting tends to start to recruit other mentors that look and 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 have the same kind of a background as the mentors that are already in there. And as a result, you end up with a homogenous mentor pool. Um and so uh, part of how we have to sort of think differently about that is what is our mentorship process, our recruitment process um, like? What is our onboarding process like? Um, and I'll, 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 I'll share this because I think it's a, it's sort of a good lesson learned. It's certainly a lesson that we learned in talking to founders who went through our intake process. Um, we had founders who said that, you know, it's, it's a little intimidating when I, you know, sign up for the VMS program and I um, go to this intake meeting back when there were live meetings. And, um, you know, I have uh, three white guys who are, you know, or, or three uh, uh, people who don't look like me um, and uh, they're judging, quote unquote, you know, my business. And that's that's not a that's not a it's not a comfortable feeling and it's not a it's certainly not an inclusive um, uh, action on on the organization part not in, it's not intentionally done that way but it was something that you know has has evolved that way and we just have to be conscious about it and we have to realize wait a minute we're we're providing an experience that is more intimidating for some entrepreneurs than it is for other entrepreneurs 
And those are the types of things that that we need to change because that's that's not being inclusive. That's not being uh, it's not, not frankly, it's not being fair to all of the founders that we're trying to um, to uh, to reach. So all that to say, it's it's just be aware of it first. You know, look at all of the different aspects of your organization or whatever it is that you're trying to do, and find ways that you are um, you know might have some uh, bias built into the system that might not be intentional, but but that can certainly be addressed. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> it's a great point, right? I mean, all of a sudden that entrepreneur, you know it gets feedback from three different uh, th three folks and they have a hard time accepting it because you know um, they're not quite sure the intent or whatever it is behind it and so they go back to their network and they tell their friends that innovate charlotte's just a bunch of old white guys that um, don't have or don't share good ideas or overly critique or whatever it is and then all of a sudden it self-feeds itself because people don't come into the program they're not getting mentorship if they're not getting mentorship they might not have as much success and then they're not mentors down the road where they might have been otherwise. So, I mean, it's a you know it's a huge negative feedback loop, and turning it into a positive feedback loop will be very beneficial for um, for you know a more diverse population, which is fantastic. Right. Um. So, you know, Charlotte is the largest city in the great state of North Carolina, um, but it's not the only city in the great state of North Carolina. Um, what, I mean, so other cities, uh, you know, Winston-Salem, Raleigh, Wilmington, Asheville, and, and many others are also making their journey along the entrepreneurial kind of, you know, trying to, trying to grow an entrepreneurial ecosystem there as well. Um, how active or engaged are you with leaders in other cities across North Carolina and what they're doing? How do we, um, how do we sit? How does how do those back and forth go as far as you know Charlotte continuing to push ahead with other cities trying to you know trying to get a seat at the table too? How do we how do we help others in the state of North Carolina? So one of the things that um, is really fantastic about working with NCIDEA is that it brings so many of the programs um, that they support together um, on a you know fairly regular basis, and by that I mean through emails and all of that. And for anybody who doesn't know, NCIDEA is uh, an organization, a foundation uh, here in North Carolina that supports entrepreneurs and organizations like Innovate Charlotte throughout the state of North Carolina. And so twice a year, I believe it is, they 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 bring all of these ecosystem uh, grantees uh, together. We recently had a, a Zoom call on that. Um, and uh, you get a chance to hear what you know people in Asheville are doing, people in Wilmington are doing, people in the Triangle and the Triad. Um, and, uh, that sparks ideas and all of a sudden you're like, Hey, I need to reach out to, you know, so-and-so in, in, in Winston-Salem and so-and-so in, in Boone, uh, because I want to ask about this pro program that they're working on. And, uh, that's, yeah, it's really, it's really great. I, I've had a chance to, um, you know, engage with other, um, people around the state, uh, as a grantee back with Start Charlotte and now again with, with Innovate Charlotte. So, um, a lot of that is just information sharing. Uh, a lot of that is just saying, hey, you know, this works. This is what I, an idea that I'm working on, but I see that you're doing something similar. How did you make that happen? What struggles are you happening are having um, with that? Uh, just like I mentioned with the mentorship program, talking to people who run mentorship programs in um, throughout North Carolina. I talked to um, a couple here in, in the state, some in South Carolina, some in Canada. Um, so 
you know, it's, it's really just just sharing best practices, seeing how they do it, seeing what's worked, what hasn't. And um, I think doing the same through uh, through the state and uh, talking to other organizations um, is very helpful. And I know a lot of them do. Um, some of the smaller communities are, are very proactive about reaching out to um, others to say, hey, you know, we're testing something in Boone. We're testing something in Rockingham. Like, we, we want to know who else has done something similar. Uh, and then just as an, an aside, you know, with, with Pitch Breakfast, um, uh, you know, Pitch Breakfast is, for anybody who's, who's listening to this for the first time, it's another nonprofit organization that I run. Uh, it holds this monthly um, uh, pitch event that is now virtual. Uh, because of the pandemic. As a result of it being virtual, we're getting people who are pitching not just from Charlotte, but from other parts of the state and even the country. So um, that's that's also allowed us to, uh, you know, open it up to other um, ecosystem organizations uh, in the state to say, hey, you know, we've got this program. It's it's open, right? It's open to your community. It's open to your 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 founders, and um, creates more of that goodwill. So. I think if there's any result of this pandemic, it's that you know we're doing things virtually, and as a result, you don't have the geographic uh, limitations that we might have had before. Yeah, that's a great segue. So um, let's talk about Pitch Breakfast for a little while, because you know it's um, I don't want to say it's your your it's your signature thing, but you know anytime somebody <laughs> says Juan, I think of I think of you up on uh, up front at Packer Place with uh, with with Pitch Breakfast. So. Um, I'm under the assumption now, since you just put it out there, that Pitch Breakfast continues to go, even though you're here as the executive director of Innovate Charlotte. Yes, Pitch Breakfast continues to go, uh, and we, you know, you can still find us at PitchBreakfast.com. We are now holding our event on the second Wednesday of the month, still the same schedule as we did before, only it's on a Zoom call. Okay. Um, as a result of that. Um, we don't have the separate Davidson one and the separate Charlotte one um, uh, that we did before. It's it's just a virtual one where we're inviting everyone to to come and pitch. What is it? Um, does it stay? Does it become a hybrid event after? I mean, gosh knows. Hopefully, sometime I saw the news this morning that you know maybe everybody's vaccinated by the end of July. Um, does it become a does it become a permanent hybrid event where you're going to do? the zoom meeting for those that are in san francisco or wilmington and you'll be back down at packer place for all of us that want to cram into a room again you know we've we've talked about that a lot you know what does that uh transition look like do we go hybrid do we stay hybrid do we just one day say hey we're live <laughs> you know come come check us out um Come, come get, come get within a foot of your neighbor, right? Yeah, and and we don't know, and and you know this this is both this is you know true to Pitch Breakfast as it is to Innovate Charlotte because we have live events with our mentors, mentees, and with the community, um, and it is with a lot of other organizations in town. What are live events going to look like when when they they do go back? Um, it's one thing to say, you know, all right, I'm going to go to a live event with a few people. It's another to say I'm going to be crammed standing room only, right, with 100 plus people the way our pitch breakfast events have been in the past. Um, I don't know that people are going to be very comfortable with that for a while. Uh, so, you know, are we going to have sort of a maxed uh, capacity event, um, you know, where we limit the number of people who are allowed in? And um, then we also have a, 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 a online version of that. Um, that's likely. 
you know, is to have some sort of a hybrid event. And will that be temporary or will that just be the way that we do things? You know, some people, uh, myself included, I've, I've found a lot of benefit to having virtual events. There's, there's some downsides and you just don't feel the same level of engagement that you do at, at live events. But at the same time, you know, we're able to get people who would never come to a live event because they can't fight traffic uptown at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning on a weekday. Um, so uh, I tend to think that it'll probably be hybrid for quite some time. Um, but, you know, let's let's see when the the vaccines, you know, come out to everybody and and, and we'll we'll see what live events look like in, in a few months. We need a, a new beverage sponsor for your first meeting. It needs to be champagne and um, mimosas and stuff like that, right? So when you go back to being live. <laughs> we, we need a, a celebratory first meeting. Yes, it's already been, uh, I think, I think we're right at a year that we've had a live, a live pitch breakfast event. It was, yeah. It might have been March. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we do need to have a bit of a, of a celebration whenever that does go back. Yeah. So, but to stay there for a minute, though, it's so. It's virtual, which means new people are coming to it. New companies can pitch at it. I mean, Pitch Breakfast can, I don't want to say grow beyond Charlotte, um, because I don't know if that's the intent or, or whatever else. But for all intents and purposes, it, it can, right? I mean, you can grow it beyond a Charlotte audience now because people are so accustomed to just dialing into things. So, um, you know, what is what does Pitch Breakfast look like over the course of the next 12 to 24 months? Juan, is it... Does it just continue to kind of grow in Charlotte? And I know you're doing something up in Davidson and um, you started to move something over in Asheville as well, right? So are you just able to serve it from here remotely? Do you still continue to build out kind of these little hubs around the around the state as well? Or where's it go? What's your uh, vision yeah. for it? Yeah, so we, we did um, you know, we did have Pitch Breakfast Asheville, Pitch Breakfast Davidson, Pitch Breakfast Charlotte, and for a little while Pitch Breakfast Charleston. Um, and, uh, you know, like I said, now we're, we're just doing the, the virtual version, what the future looks like, um, you know, there's what we thought the future was going to look like prior to the pandemic. And then there's what the future will likely look like here. We, we're not sure, uh, there's, there's no sort of clear answer to that. And it really depends on the whole live event. I don't think that we're just going to have a virtual event and lose the local component. I mean, there's always going to be that local component. Pitch Breakfast is just as much about community building and education and networking as it is providing a platform for um, companies to practice their pitch. If you Google enough, you're going to find, you know, all these global events that anybody can log in and pitch in front of a bunch of people that, you know, that, that you might not know. And um, that's that's fine. That's not what we are, right? This is pitching to the the local community. So whether we limit it to a state level or whether we you know grow other locations in other parts of the state as we were doing before the pandemic or um you know whether we we scale it back and double down on 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 charlotte and try to find ways to make you know the charlotte event more uh more engaging um I, i'm not sure um you know there's a lot of potential ideas um uh, people people like it i mean it's it's a uh, you know, I think the the way we approach networking um, seems to be working. Um, you know, right now with a virtual event, we uh, after the pitches, we have every company that pitched goes out to their own breakout room, and then attendees can go into these breakout rooms to talk in small groups with each company that presented. So you're able to 
ask questions, learn a little bit more, share your own resources and ideas. And you know, that seems to work out really well, especially if they're all in the same location, right? Because now you've got a Charlotte company who goes to a Charlotte entrepreneur and says, hey, I've got a solution to your problem, or I know somebody that you should meet that may be able to help with this. I think that local aspect is is very important. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it evolves, but I don't see us losing that and going into a strict virtual, you know, type of type of thing. Yeah. If you keep growing it, you don't have to move out of Packer Place and move into, you know, talk to Tepper and see if you can move into, you know, uh, Panther Stadium and um, have um, have pitch, pitch breakfast down at Panther Stadium, right? We'll, we'll, we'll at least be socially distanced for a couple of months while it continues to grow. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we'll have a, a big pitch battle royale on the uh, Bank right. of America Stadium. That's right. Um, so what about – so? Um, when you think about those two organizations, when you think about Pitch Breakfast and you think about Innovate Charlotte and how well they kind of go hand in hand, what do you learn from Innovate Charlotte that you can apply over at Pitch Breakfast or what have you learned at Pitch Breakfast that's easy to apply over at Innovate Charlotte, right? How well are those two kind of entities um, helping you help the other? Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I don't know that I've ever really thought of it that way, although there clearly is uh, overlap in uh, audience and uh, and admission. Um, and, and you can almost see like, because you'll get some um, some folks at Pitch Breakfast that are just idea stage, right? Um, um, or maybe a little bit beyond idea stage. And so you can almost immediately, as they're going through their pitch, say, gosh, no, they should be over here, Innovate Charlotte, and they should be matched up with XXX, and this person can really help them grow, right? How does, I mean... Um, I don't want to say that can they become the same because I think there's a healthy benefit to keeping separate entities. But I mean, again, how do how do they play off each other, or how yeah. can they play off each other? Well, well, certainly on the on the communication front, they do. Um, you know, if you attend a pitch breakfast now, you're going to hear me talk about Innovate Charlotte yeah. uh, and the mentorship program um, and what we're doing there. So, um, from a communication uh, perspective. Uh, Pitch Breakfast has an audience, Innovate Charlotte has an audience, and so the more we're cross-promoting each other, uh, I think the the better that is for for the community at large. Um, you know, there's there's the 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 focus that we have with Pitch Breakfast is on companies that are ready to present their business model um, and have to have some kind of uh, uh, traction. And, and it, you know, you can have beta customers. You don't you don't have to be launched. You can, but you can have beta customers so that you can speak from the experience of doing that. If you've got an idea on a napkin, your pitch breakfast is not gonna be sort of your, your best route. You should go, you should attend, you should watch the pitches, but you're probably not ready to pitch yet until you've actually got you know a, a business model in place and you've got some a little bit of traction. And um, you know, with Innovate Charlotte, um, there's a little bit broader definition of the companies that we serve, especially with different programs. If you've got an idea, you're probably gonna wanna schedule a navigator meeting uh, you know, right away to see what 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 do I need and 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 where can I go and and get those resources. Um, so uh, there may be some crossover and and certainly there's pointing people in the direction of the other. Yeah. You apply for pitch breakfast and it's like, you know what? Uh, maybe you're not quite ready, but you should go sign up for a navigator meeting because there's a few programs in town that could help. yeah, um, and vice versa, you know, there's going to be, companies that are going through the mentorship program where it's like, all right, you need to practice your pitch. You should go do that at pitch breakfast from an organizational standpoint. Um, 
you know, they are very different types of organizations, um, both nonprofits, but, you know, Pitch Breakfast is very sort of smaller focused, Innovate Charlotte uh, a little bit more um, tied into, um, you know, like I said, the work with the city and, and the work with, with um, other uh, companies that support the mission. Um, and there's probably more that, you know, as I continue in this role can learn from one and the other. Um, but right now that pointing people in the right direction and the, the communication to both audiences are probably the biggest way that they overlap. Yeah. What, um, one of the hard things about an entrepreneur ecosystem, um, kind of growing is ultimately we see companies and, and leaders that, um, we believe in and, um, and cheer on and, and like, and have friendships with and, and everything else, not go the direction that we'd ultimately like them to go. Right. Um, they don't go on to come the huge success that everybody had thought or hoped that they could have been. What's it like? Um, um, how's that? Um, how do we learn from, from those over the years? Right. I mean, how do we learn from, you know, entrepreneurs that, that don't get to where we all kind of hope they would. Well, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that we would say that a, an entrepreneur that doesn't go where us, the public wants them to go is not a success. Um, you know, success is very much defined by the, the founder themselves. What is it that they want to achieve? And, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of some specific examples. There's lots of examples of, of founders that, um, you know, they achieved a success that was a success for them. And maybe yeah. that was to get them through a specific period, get them to their next job, or they exited and, and got to a point where they could, to, you know, take some time off, not a huge exit, but, you know, get, get something that gets them to take some, some time off to, uh, um, to, um, you know, assess their next move or, or maybe they do exit. And they, they end up selling to another company and, you know, some people don't like that. Like, there's some, you know, recent, uh, examples, I think of people who gave another entrepreneur here in, in Charlotte, a lot of flack for selling, exiting to, to another company, which, you know, like everybody assesses success in a different way. And yeah. as long as it's successful for the founder, we should all celebrate and we should all celebrate uh, any kind of a, uh, an exit or any kind of, uh, um, a, a, a move that is, that benefits that founder, because, you know, when a founder achieves success by whatever they measure that success by, they're more likely to, um, help other entrepreneurs and to take those, the lessons that they've learned and, and, and contribute back to the, the economy and the ecosystem in different ways. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you've got a specific example in mind of of where people are disappointed at someone else's success, but uh, I would I say disappointed in success. Fun. I think it's, um, and I, so I mean, I'll just use me as an example, right? I mean, I had myself as a service startup that I got tried to get off the ground in 2012 and shut down in 2015, um, and you know, based on the original metrics that I had for it, it was an enormous failure, right? Um, I mean, I thought we could have, you know, penetrated. Um, you know, a couple of different marketplaces, growing the business, and if at nothing else, it's been a nice little, you know, enterprise software solution, um, if not being able to grow it and sell to an Intuit or something like that. Turns out that wasn't the case. Um, it ended up creating, 
you know, success for me in other ways, right? It, it led me to the Charlotte Angel Fund. It led me to this podcast. It led me to a lot of other things. But at the point in time that I submitted the um, dissolution paperwork to North Carolina in 2015, that was a that was a huge failure uh, to me at the moment. Um, but to your point, I learned a lot, right? And I stayed in the ecosystem. Um, I tried to contribute back and and let folks know what I'd done right or what I thought I had done right and what I thought I had done wrong um, and stayed as an active participant. So I guess the better way to put it, how do we embrace those entrepreneurs that that don't get what maybe they were ultimately hoping hoping for so they do stick around in the, the ecosystem, right? Because I mean, I make the argument that you learn a ton, ton more from failure. And it's not just me. Everybody does that. You learn a ton more from failure than you do from success. So how do we help those folks stay engaged? Yeah. Um, I mean, the the success of of uh, success or failure, you know, like I said, is is defined by many different metrics. And my first company, MH Loan Finder, uh, you know, this was back in 2004. I started a company doing mortgages for the for the mobile home industry, and um, ran that until 2008, when 2008 happened. And um, you know, I had to shut all of that down. I lost all of the the lending programs that I had because in 2008, the whole mortgage industry was just not an industry that you wanted to be in. Um, no, not not really. Yeah, you know, was that was that a was that a, a failure? No, I learned a lot from that experience. You know, it got me through. I was in, in college at the time, so it got me through a, a, a through through school, um, and um, I learned a lot that I could not only I not only applied to the job that I have afterwards because I worked a corporate job after that for for several years, but then afterwards when I started consulting and working with other entrepreneurs, I could speak the language. Like I I knew where they were coming from. I I could get some of the pains that they had. So, you know, to me, that was a success in all ways, uh, even though I had to dissolve the business. Um, and, um, you know, I think to, to, to your point, it might have felt like a failure to you at the time, but you sort of see the benefits of it afterwards. And going back to what I said earlier, I think everybody should try their hand at entrepreneurship because of how much you learn, even if you never go on to start another company. Um, if I can't tell you how many... Uh, um, you know, business leaders would want their employees to think a little bit more like entrepreneurs. Just think a little bit more holistically. Think of the whole pie rather than sort of that one piece that they might be working on. Um, it's it's better all the way around. Um, and that's successful. If you start a company and you you get it to a point and it doesn't go where you want it to go and you grow that and then you go get a full-time job, that's fine. You're probably going to be a heck of a lot stronger employee and you've got empathy for other entrepreneurs and you're more willing to give feedback when a vendor comes to you with, uh, and, you know, and, and asks for, for, for your advice as, as a, you know, uh, as somebody who works at another company. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we just have to celebrate the, the, the wins, be empathetic for the losses and continue to understand that just because somebody's company didn't pan out doesn't mean they can't contribute and add value to the ecosystem. I think our mentorship program, you know, is a good example of that. Um, we've got mentors who have started businesses. Not all of them ended in huge six-figure exits. Um, you know, some of them 
they, they dissolve them. And you know what? They've got great advice and great life experience to teach other entrepreneurs. So uh, I think it's by providing more opportunities for them to share their stories that uh, we can keep them engaged. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a great point. I mean, everybody always says, oh, I want to, you know, I want, um, you know, uh, maybe they don't say it anymore, but they used to say like Mark um, Zuckerberg would be a great mentor, right? Because look at the success he built. And I mean, yeah, he built a lot of success and you want him in a mentor network, right? I mean, you want people that have had successful exits in a mentor network like Innovate Charlotte. But you know, sometimes their success was defined purely by luck or something else. And, you know, having somebody else whose, you know, success wasn't quite as good or who dissolved their business, like, um, I guess you and I did, um, has just as good a insight into a business model because they, they hit a place that they couldn't get through or, um, times fell against them or gosh knows. I mean, the number of businesses that shut down last year as a result of the pandemic, right? Nothing a lot of entrepreneurs could have done about it, even startups, um, so having that well-rounded mentorship program for Innovate Charlotte, um, it's good to know that those business, those, those leaders or, you know, those past entrepreneurs are in it as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, businesses fail for a lot of different reasons and it's, it's not, I, I'd say the majority of the time it's not, well, a lot of times it's not the failure of the founder themselves or it, it could be mistakes could be made, but it's always a combination of a lot of things. You know, there's the, 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 the economy, the industry, um, there's, yeah, there's just so many reasons that a business fails. It does not mean that the entrepreneur is a failure. You know, it just means that that particular business model at that particular point in time in that particular iteration didn't pan out. Yeah. Uh, or, or maybe you just didn't have the runway that you needed. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, does, does that mean that, you know, my old business would have been a smashing success had it not been for the mortgage crisis of 2008? I don't know. <laughs> Probably yes. not. But, um, you know, there, it, it, there's so many drivers to it that you, we should never, ever look at a business not panning out um, as a failure. It's, yeah. it's not. Um, and we should look at any a uh, milestone or exit event that a founder has as a success. We absolutely should. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, two people started a business last year. One of them starts a business um, doing online meetings. Another person starts a, you know, um, an event space, right? So both of them were probably good opportunities going into 2020 um, as more people continue to move to Charlotte. And next thing you know, the event space shuts down and it's not because the entrepreneur did anything wrong. It's because nobody could go to his meeting, right? So, um, you know, just a tough luck of the draw, so to speak. How do you communicate that? So we'll wrap up with this, right? How do you communicate that lesson to entrepreneurs coming through the Innovate Charlotte program? Well, having mentors who have a, a variety of experiences um, is is a way to add um, context, I think, to some of the challenges that the founders have. Uh, and like I said, we have mentors who have been entrepreneurs. We have mentors who've worked corporate. There's mentors who were entrepreneurs before and then had a corporate career and you know all of that. Um, and and having those having a variety, a, a diversity of backgrounds, I think is important to um, give founders that well-rounded uh, view of that where their own experience is and where it could be going. Um, you know, one of the, the the great things that we do with our mentorship program is we have a, a a team of three to four mentors per founder, so you don't get that 
you don't get that myopic view that you have if you've got one founder, right? If you've got, or sorry, if you've got one mentor, if you're a founder and you've got this one mentor and they could be a very valuable mentor and, and, and you could, you know, trust them and they, they could be very open with you, but you're, you're only gaining the experience of, of that, that one single experience. Whereas when you've got a, a, a team of mentors, um, sometimes there's disagreements, right? Sometimes someone says, no, this is what you, you know, what you should do, or here's what you should think about. And someone's like, well, actually I went down that road and you know, you got to consider this as well. And, and so there is disagreement and that's healthy. Uh, it's, it's healthy for a founder to see different perspectives and think of things in different ways. Um, and so, um, uh, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why having a team mentorship approach is, is valuable. Well, I'll say, um, as we kind of wrap up, having you steer Innovate Charlotte um, going forward from here, you know, every person that's served in that role is, has has done something good for it over um, over the years, or at least since I've kind of been around it. Um, and I'm excited for what it gets as a result of you serving in that leadership capacity and in that leadership role. I think, you know, um, your context, your experience, your involvement in the community, uh, do nothing but push it to to new heights. So so thanks for stepping into it um, and best of luck and certainly keep us all posted on what we can continue to do to help you help the the, the ecosystem here in Charlotte. Absolutely. And if you're interested in the mentorship program, you know, definitely uh, reach out if you want to become a mentor or if you'd like to get mentored. If you're a founder, you know, that's looking to get connected to the ecosystem, attend one of our Intro to the Startup Community events or come to the website and sign up for Navigator Meeting. And if you want to support this kind of work, definitely reach out because we've got uh, uh, plenty of things to talk to you about. Yeah, no, we'll conclude links on the um, on the podcast page about, you know, ways for people to get um, to innovate Charlotte's websites and everything else that we talked about too. So lots of ways for people to, to reach out to you and, and hopefully support this um Uh, support the charge. Awesome, William. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks, Juan. I appreciate it. Good luck. Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Portis Wealth Advisors. The topics discussed and the opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Portis Wealth Advisors does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interest may be offered only to persons who qualified as accredited investors under applicable state and federal regulation or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interest. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in the market conditions and interest rates and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.